Hello, and welcome back to part two of Sarah Says and Sarah Speaks <laughs> with uh, The Source Dancers, uh, the Source Dance Company. And they're sharing their views and perspectives on their childhood training and maybe the effects that it has had on them as young adults, which they all are at this point. So they're kind of gyrating right now because they're listening to a song in the background, which you probably also can hear in a neighboring studio. So um, enjoy if you're hearing that bass drum sort of yeah situation going on. Uh, we're going to start with a somewhat of a heavy topic. I feel as though each and every one of us has a memory of something that was said in a studio room that we were in and perhaps was said to us directly that has left, let's call it a scar. We don't need to be melodramatic and say it's a, a, an emotional scar, but basically it is to some extent. And I would like to ask if you have ones that just trip off your tongue, so that the first one that you can remember being said to you, because I think that it's important for people that are listening to understand that sometimes what seems innocuous for you to enunciate or say out loud to someone is not being received the same way. And as a, a person who has taught for almost 40 years, I can say that I have heard a lot as a, as a dancer, uh, both as a training dancer and a professional dancer, and I have become, from a young age, so hyper aware of what I was saying, and worked so very, very hard to, to formulate my words in a manner that it can't be misunderstood, to the best of my ability anyways. I mean, there's always that area that I can't have control over, but I really, really try hard. And I actually have one that comes to mind right off the bat. I was adjudicating many years ago, and I, I have to speak to a writer when I'm adjudicating festivals because I, I had never gotten into the, not the professional, sorry, the competitive circuit, you know, the big commercial competitions where they were always verbal adjudications. So I'd be speaking to a writer and I say a lot, as all of you students know, and, <laughs> um, and quickly because it's a two, three minute solo and I want to make sure that child has as much information as possible that can be feedback that they can use. So I also tend to be very um, particular about the way I speak and how I'm represented. So I would check over adjudications afterwards and would make sure that things were, were being written the way I was saying them. In this particular instance, it was late at night. Uh, we were getting towards the end of the festival and I was dealing with seniors and they were doing uh, their variation class on point. So it's a pretty difficult class to begin with and it's a pretty high intensity class because the stakes are kind of in the mindset by their teachers often and by the environment that if you can't do a variation, you can't be a ballet dancer. So you better do this well, is kind of the way that you're often feeling. And um, on point and coming off of point, there's oftentimes a great deal, especially when one is nervous, of pulling off the shoe so you don't come down with your body weight 
forward. So I often am saying in adjudications, watch your body weight, and, and I always say, make sure you keep it up and over the metatarsals. Well, I guess my writer figured that she had said up and over the metatarsals enough in her adjudications, and in, a, in festivals oftentimes I am seeing repeat dancers. This one had gotten behind schedule. I did a very cursory glance at the adjudication afterwards, which is not like me. I normally will go through it tooth and nail. And uh, I missed the fact that she abbreviated and said, watch your body weight. You all just put your hands over your mouth, and that's exactly how it was taken. It unfortunately happened to be a young woman who, in a million years, would I never, A, say that anyways, but B, if I had known that that was said to this particular young woman who was on the cusp of going up to the professional world, just by reading how she was dealing with herself on stage, I saw that she was struggling with self-confidence. And this comment was on her sheet, and it looked as though I was telling her to watch her body weight. So luckily, I had already done two, two days at this festival, and I was approached backstage after awarding the awards that time by one of the committee members, and they said, I'm very uncomfortable about bringing this to your attention because I, I just, I don't know if this was a mistake. You know, it's an awkward thing for them to do because they're not supposed to question the adjudicator. They're not supposed to question the adjudications. I'm supposed to be nonpartisan, you know, neutral party comes in, goes out, blah, blah. Oh, I'm so grateful they came towards me. And she just said, this does not seem like something you would say. Thank goodness she saw, thought that. And she said, um, the and, and the teacher in this, now I'm sure you're aware that most often the teachers pick up the adjudications and they take charge of them. But because the dancer was still there, she did read it right away. She apparently was justifiably offended and hurt and wondering what the heck just happened here. This does not seem like this type of adjudicator, and said it to her teacher. Her teacher right away brought it to the committee's attention. The committee came to me. So I ended up actually asking for permission to speak to the teacher personally. I knew I couldn't speak to the student because I had to see the student again the next day, and that's not protocol. But I just said, this is what was really said in the moment, and it's not my writer's fault, per se. It was an oversight. They didn't understand the importance. Never in a million years do I speak that way. I had a chance to absolve myself of that sort of recriminatory possibility and luckily completely erase that from this young woman's mind as being something that was being said to her. I was lucky and I'm so grateful that that turned out that way, but there's a, po there's a moment right there. And, and because that, not that exact comment, but a comment so much like that was said to me at 14, Never in a million years would I say that to somebody else. And I remember that one from 14. So I guess I want to bring it to people's attention that something like watch your body weight and not putting dot, 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 or see above, or um, you know dash metatarsals or dash met or something that we can then fill in is going to leave scarring residue. So. Having said that, do any of you have things to contribute or um, memories to contribute to this subject? Yes? I'm abbreviating, but it was essentially based on the way you were born and built physically, there is a low likelihood that you will pass your advanced to exam. 
Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm not going to respond to each and every one of this, otherwise this is going to turn into a complete love session of <laughs> me trying to make you feel better about the crap that was said to you. So um, please understand that I am feeling your hurt from each and everything that is being shared with me. But uh, yes, I, I want to get through all of them. Um, yes, person on Zoom. Yes, please. Hello. Okay, um, I'm going to call myself Susie just for okay. the sake of the podcast. Um, my teacher did say to multiple other instructors at my studio, I overheard this. I didn't hear it from her. I just heard, you know, through little birdie. Her exact words were, how did Susie just win? Which was really hard to hear considering, like, obviously, you're my instructor, you know, I'm being taught by you. So to hear her say that was really hard. Yes. Um, it, thankfully, it wasn't anything to do with, you know, body image, which is what we're talking about right now. But just to hear that was really unusual. Should yeah. Should be said by a teacher. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Totally unsupportive. Thank you. Yes. I was told that I had plateaued and I was never going to get better. Oh, <laughs> In exact words. Oh, good lord. Okay. That was a teacher. Yes. Okay. In front of the whole studio. And my parents and the teachers. Everybody. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, when I went through um, my growth spurt, I went to a ballet school for the summer. And the first ballet class, I was told that I have ape arms. I'm sorry? That I have ape arms. As in monkey? Yes. Mm. And um, that was a point where I was a little bit taller. Um, I was developing a little bit quicker. Mm. And then I was told to hold my arms further up. And that took a couple years later in order to correct my alignment and fix that. I love apes, by the way. Let's just. <laughs> I love gorillas, apes, chimpanzees. I love every simian that ever existed, and I I think that that was mean to use it as an insult when it's actually quite a compliment. It just gives you more access to more things. Yes. 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 Um, mine is um, when I was in the Right. I got that one. <laughs> not, not so much the I can't see you becoming a professional dancer, but just, you would make a really good teacher. <laughs> I know you're trying to be kind, but you know what? I don't want to hear that right now. I want to hear not that. Yes. Yes. For me, I naturally have always had an athletic build. Um, and so going to certain ballet summer intensives or adjudications um, in relation to ballet solos or point solos, I remember just always being told to look less muscular. <laughs> That's a good um, one. Yeah. So and what did you do with that? How did, did you suck in those muscles and put them someplace else for the day? It was, it was very tough. Especially yeah. when it came to ballet exams, and it developed a very harsh relationship with my thighs. Right. Because I have very muscular quads, which now 
the ballet world. Yeah. Um, so it was tough for a long time growing up because this is how I'm built and I come from a very athletic family in general and always did really well in sports and everything. So to be told to look less muscular while doing the thing I loved most mm -hmm. felt very beaten down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see that. Yes. Um, when I um, was in grade nine, I dislocated my knee and I was in a full leg cast and I was sitting at the front of the room and I was obviously having a very hard time because mm -hmm. I wasn't sure if I would be able to dance again, but I was still there taking notes. And my one teacher, who I always felt didn't like me, she was doing a modern class and she told everybody to make sure their knees were going over their toes or else they would end up like me. Yeah. Also, when I dislocated my knee, she said, that's because your weight placement is wrong, blah, blah, blah. Yes. <laughs> it's so damaging to blame children for their injuries. Yes. And young people. It really is. There could be scraps of truth in oftentimes injuries are a result of a long process of sort of going in a certain direction as well as growth as well as so many other things that come into play but in my personal opinion that's the teacher's responsibility to offset that yes. as opposed to then blame you for it so and for messing up the choreography always making remarks that i wasn't sure if i was going to be able to or not and it just made it very tough there is i'm going to add another story about the same teacher i was sitting down at the front of the class and um, the owner of our studio was walking in the hallway and she looked very shaky and it looked like she was going to fall so I made sure that I watched her all the way to the end as everybody was doing warm up. Then once everybody was getting water because the teacher came up and everybody was listening and told me I'm disrespectful, that I'm distracting and why am I here? Yeah, same teacher. <laughs> so, right. yeah, I think even now that was five years ago and I'm still shaking. So when I do experience injuries and stuff, it's very delicate of not wanting to be an issue for anybody else, right. not wanting to be a problem. Right. But having to recognize that you're the person going through the struggle. Right. And your health is what matters. And you shouldn't feel the responsibility of recovery and pleasing yeah. everybody. Yeah. So you take on a burden of everybody else's business because of this scar. Yes, yeah. 100%. Yes. When I was younger, and pretty much throughout my entire childhood as a dancer, especially in like the competition classes that we had in the studio, I was like repeatedly told by my peers that the only reason I was good and the only reason that I was succeeding in dance was because my mom was my teacher. Right. Did that make you feel like you were completely negated as far as your own efforts went? Yeah. And I feel like my successes or things that I was proud of myself for, and also my mother was proud of me for, had nothing to do with me. Right. And it was only because she right. created me right, right, right. a product of her environment. Was it also used as a a jealousy thing in the sense that you're so good just it's only because you yeah right totally definitely 
Right. So by teachers as well. I right. have teachers purposefully trying to not show favoritism right. to me because they didn't want parents to come and say, oh, you're favoring this person because she's the owner's daughter. Right. And in doing that, it also sort of made me feel like they were trying not to teach me. Right. Put me in the back, but they would make sure I was never centered, anything like that. Right. Because that's always the spot that you want to be in. Right. 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 The best person always stands there, so I was like held back and pushed out of the way. It was an inorganic way of dealing with you, as opposed to just letting the person that is inspiring in the moment take the spot that inspires. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, when my class. Was we were around the age of 12. Um, we just did a saute exercise in the center, and my dance teacher wasn't pleased. She told us to go to the mirror to look at ourselves, find something we don't like about ourselves, and change it. And to this day, my friends and I remember that remark. Did that affect the way you saw yourself? in your body self-image and your own sense of confidence as you grew up from that moment? I think for me, um, the point where I was at, I just brushed it off as tough love. Right. But I know all of my friends um, went out of that room crying. Right. And hearing their hurt, even relating it to other issues of not being able to do their exam because they were told that their body type wasn't right. Right. And taking it back to those years, it just, it builds, and, yeah. Miss Zoom, Susie. Good <laughs> <laughs> <Just> be here. <laughs> um, just to touch on that last comment, um, I just remembered now one of my instructors, she basically just said that we need to do more conditioning than we were already doing to, and I quote, look good on stage. Right. Like to look good in our costumes, which none of us ever really took offensively until, you know, we kind of grew up and realized, um, we can look good however we want. We yeah. don't have to, I don't know, look a certain way to look good in the costumes. So I just thought of that now. Thank you for adding that. Yes. You mean at your waist where skirts are designed to be worn? Yes. Weird. Yes, and my hips are very high, so I actually felt that it was being worn um, so good. <laughs> is, this, is this in class? Yes, So this is just a moment that I do need to address that I think it's a really important that um, that's called, I think there's all sorts of catch words for it now, but that's basically 
physical abuse. I mean, that's touching. That's not, you know, leave your parts alone. Um, and I feel like that's one thing about dance that really does bother me. It, it kind of delights me on one hand that we are supposed to be more comfortable with our bodies. We're supposed to be able to do strange and wonderful and weird things. We're supposed to be able to work in partnerships and duets and not get squeamish about, you know, maybe our bums are touching or, you know, we're twined around in some strange position. It's not automatically assumed that it is anything but a cool dance move. But from the perspective of, of a power position, it shouldn't mean that that gives you the right to do whatever you want in whatever fit of peak you are in with somebody else's body, especially a young developing body, because attached to the young developing body is the developing ego and sense of self. And that's just so unkind, you know, to take that, that and it, I'll, I'll say initiative, it's not initiative, but to take that uh, step. I'm sorry, I'm sorry you guys experience most of everything that you have shared so far. Yes? This is more of a mental thing, and it actually wasn't something that necessarily happened to me, but something I was involved in. Well, I involved myself in it, essentially. We had a, a teacher who we had, um, we had experienced a lot of adversity with in, throughout the course of the year. This was kind of um, my grade 11 or 12 years, so, you know, kind of nearing the end of that, getting out of the studio period. Yeah. And this teacher was, she was a teacher who, in a good way, she didn't act very cordially to us. It was very friendly banter quite often. Right. But one time, in, in a studio environment, I'm sure a lot of you guys can actually relate to this. I don't know, it might just be me, but improv wasn't necessarily a thing that was super focused on and worked on. Yeah. Or even valued up until those years where I was kind of finally starting to leave. And that wasn't just because of me, obviously, that was just, it was just a time. change that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but rather than gradually building up to that change, this one teacher, she decided to have us one by one for a minute straight in front of the entire group. We would go up to the front, we would just improv in front of everyone, which, you know, it's not, I, I don't want to justify it because it, it was really, an obscene jump, but this one girl specifically, um, very sweet girl, more on the shy side for sure, and definitely you could always tell she wasn't super confident with herself. Um, when in actuality she was probably one of the better movers in our group, honestly, looking back on it, but um, she was just very adamant about not wanting to do it at all. And you could see, you could visibly see that it yeah. was. You know, verge of tears, yeah. all of them kind of quivering. Um, and she and the teacher had kind of given us, she, she jokingly, in the banter-esque way, gave us the option of you either do it or you will blank for a minute. Which, you know, that's okay. Yeah, you know, a yeah. A Trying funny, to be friendly about it. A little funny, yeah. a, fr yeah. a friendly way of, you know, presenting it to us. But because it was so, and we had all known this girl for ages, she was one of the original people in our and I remember kind of jokingly saying back after she chose to pull plank from it because it was what she very clearly would have preferred. Mm -hmm. And I remember just saying kind of almost baffled and obviously this was me being a little 
I just went, you gave her the option and, and she, she chose an option and you're not letting her pick it. And it was just, it wasn't anything super huge, but I could totally see how mentally grating it was for everyone in the room to have to witness that and have to almost have gone through that themselves. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, leaving class that night, just kind of going outside, just getting pulled aside by, not by the teacher, but by that classmate, just, just a very sincere thank you for standing up. Just, yeah. To me, it didn't really feel like standing up, it just kind of felt almost like bantering back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was something that just, I think, really exemplified how little we were necessarily cared about as individuals rather than as just we were objectified in the sense of you were just a body to move mm -hmm. not to be a person to be respected that's um great that you shared that because that's it's another aspect that i do think gets overlooked a lot of the time by teachers where they feel i've heard many young teachers too that are too young to have forgotten what it was like to be 15, 16, 14, and not necessarily the type of person that I think was ever, yeah, I'm so confident in my being, you know, they might have been in their own way quite reticent, but it's that whole thing where they've got to toughen up. They got to get real. This is what the real world's like. Okay, you know what? That is, A, it's not your responsibility. Um, B, you don't tell someone else what they've got to do. They sort that out for themselves. If an option is given and someone clearly, I mean, you don't even need to say options. You could say, if you would like to improv and share with each other, let's do that now. And I mean, I've seen kids just, they look at me with horror in their eyes and, and so I'll just smoothly segue in the same sentence. And if you don't, it's no big deal. I'm just gonna, you just start moving and everyone will watch. Stay where you are, <laughs> just because it's not supposed to be like that. And it, it's, it's really not supposed to be like it. It's supposed to be something you want to share. It's not supposed to be something you're forced to do. It's become something entirely different. So I'm glad that young woman had you in the room just to give her a sense of camaraderie because uh, that's unfortunate. That's an unfortunately, yeah, that would feel very laying bare naked to be looked at incident, yes. Um, so this is actually about a program I did after high school. Okay. So this is, I moved, it's, it was in the U.S. Um, but we had a, we had ballet every morning. Yes. And one of the teachers was very, very, off, like, terrified. Like, that. we would all go to class shaking. Right. scared to go in. He would start class and he would show the exercise very quickly on one side. Right. And um, there was one time, it was like our second class of the year or something, and he told us that if we didn't get the exercise right this time, then we can get out and not come back. Oh. He didn't want to see us ever again. If we didn't get it right. And it was, please. Um, <laughs> okay. But he would swear at us oh. um, as we were going like across the floor in particular. Like you were big waste of time, yes. Yes. And then also another thing from that program was um, every, uh, there was like terms because it was a school, 
meeting and we would get graded yes. for like A, B, C. Was it a university program? No, it wasn't. So they're grading you and they don't they're have They're just it? grading you discuss. <laughs> okay, so there's no transcript. This isn't going to be No, it, okay. it's, it's just comments that they, that all the teachers put together and they like submit to the artistic director and then she puts a comment and, and okay. it means nothing, but it, it yeah. meant everything it meant to you everything. guys, yes. But uh, yeah, so she basically, like my she in particular, she did, I don't think she didn't like me that much, but um, she told me I would never amount to anything, that I, would, that I was not, like, she said, you have no confidence, you can't do anything. You should, you should move back where you came from. Go back to, go to university, do, find something else to do, because this is not it, and this is not for you. And yeah, it was, that was, because I, I really, like, I just wanted to please her so bad. Yeah. I just wanted her to like me so bad. Yeah. And she, she just went, there was no, there's the people she liked, and then there was the rest of us. And, yeah. And you know the thing that I think hurts me the most to hear about that, and for all of you as well, is, is that, we are, as teachers, we're not God, if that is a deity that you would look up to on any level. We, that is not our, our, our role or our responsibility. We're supposed to be guiding, totally different G word. Um, we're supposed to be guiding and helping and assisting and opening doors for you to see for yourself and empowering. We're not supposed to be dictating or uh, designating what your futures are. And I think that it is so unfortunate that so many teachers think with that little bit of power, because really in the big scheme of things, it's not, a, it's not a lot of power. It's not like we're controlling nuclear. Well, you know, we're not, we're not well, you know, I, I'm, I'm backtracking here because it's a huge amount of power for human beings. And it's, I take it very seriously, but in the big scheme of things, it's not like we're running a country. But we are running the people that will be in the country. <laughs> and we are, we are dealing with individuals that are vulnerable and needing guidance and needing a sense that they're okay. And sorting themselves out is okay. And I can't stand it when people get told what they should do. I think that if a student comes to me and says, I'm thinking of this and this. What is your opinion? I'm even cautious about that. Because I will say, you know, I'm not you. I'm not in your head. If I was given the same options, I might be inclined to, and so then I put it on me, so that it's just saying, this is me, not you, again. I don't think that uh, it's appropriate ever for a teacher or a director or an adjudicator to tell any dancer what they should or shouldn't be doing. And quite honestly, our, our role as educators in the dance world is to give you the freedom to make a choice that feels right for you. And if that it happens to be dance, fantastic. If it happens to be university, wonderful. If it happens to be uh, running a goat farm in the middle of the Andes, that's also great. There's no, I, th I think that it's, it's possible for teachers to invest all the wrong things and also to 
to say things such as many, if not every single, well, no, every single thing that you all shared, they're just damaging. They're just, they, they have no validity. They have no, they're not trying to improve anything. They're just, it's almost like a test. It's almost like a button pusher. Well, can you, can you handle this? And I feel as though um, the biggest thing I want to say towards that is, is that shame on them. That's not teaching, in my opinion. That's, that's hurting. And I think that if you, any of you go out and teach, I hope that you remember the small to the big hurts and go out of your way to avoid ever incurring them in any other living being. And if you see someone's face showing anything uncomfortable, respect that. And, and just like in a conversation with somebody, if someone looks like they're getting uncomfortable with the course of the conversation, or even just sitting there, offer, offer a space for them to be okay with that. <laughs> Do you need to go? You know, you know it's fine. And, and I guess that the biggest thing is removing teachers, I think, need to remember that kind of we have to park our egos at the door more than anything. That comment gets said to students a lot, but I personally think teachers need to think about it. It's not about us. I mean, we're human, and we come in from whatever day we've had, or we start with whatever day we're having, or our marriages, or our children, or our home life, or whatever it is that we're experiencing. But it's not, this is not the time. We don't bring it into the studio and take it out on the young people in front of us, yeah, my life sucks right now, so I'm gonna give you the worst ballot, or yell at you, or swear at you, or say your body type is wrong, or tell you you should take up dentistry, or whatever it is. I feel as though getting out of the, the weird pattern of also trying to um, curry favor and end up with a group full of sycophants, or deep fans that love you, or anxiously or frightened of you and want to please you, that's also not our job. And it actually makes me very uncomfortable when I see people clearly more concerned about my opinion than their own. Mm -hmm. And you've heard me say that too, stop looking at me. <laughs> and, and don't fall apart if I compliment you, because it doesn't mean I'm now watching you, waiting for you to fall apart, you know, or, or to, yeah, I'm watching you now. <laughs> that was a good pirouette, but what's the next one gonna look like? So I feel as though I, I would really, yeah, I'd like, I'd like other educators and, and mentors and guides and teachers to, to really take seriously how fragile and beautiful the, the young humans they are that they're working with and to treat them with the utmost respect and and kindness and guidance because you will I mean you'll just all you'll be doing is blooming all these wonderful flowers to send them out into the garden and then there's more flowers to seed and well that's a good metaphor I'm gonna run with that and then they're gonna seed and make more blossoms and then so on and so on but I really um, I thank all of you for sharing I mean we could talk for hours quite honestly and we almost have, so <laughs> we'll have to draw this to a close. And I thank you all so much for participating and uh, sharing your stories and your thoughts and your feelings. And uh, maybe we can do it again in the future. Mm -hmm. So thank you for joining Sarah's space. And you don't have to clap. <laughs> but, but thank you. Let's just clap anyway. <laughs> so it feels like a
celebratory way to end things. Um, and uh, thank you all for uh, coming in and joining us in Sarah's space and listening to these wonderful young humans speak. So we'll, we'll speak again in the future. Thank you. Bye.